Hello, good morning. Welcome to another episode of Daily. This daily podcast finds you on the 22nd of July. It is a Thursday. I hope that your day is off to a good start and for all your loyal listeners of the Daily, thank you so much for tuning in again. I also appreciate the love, the uh, support, encouragement you give uh, to me and members of our team and we are so privileged, blessed to even know that uh, we are playing a part in uh, just enriching your devotional life with God and this uh, podcast is supplemental to uh, your devotional life uh, your own private uh, time with the Lord and so it's so encouraging to hear uh, all these stories you know something that I've begun to do uh, recently is uh, I've just begun to uh, begin each morning with just sitting still and just uh, allowing myself to feel my heartbeat, my breath, and how fast I'm breathing, and how fast my heart is beating, and consciously try to slow down my heartbeat, my breathing, in order that I may come to just a place of rest and ease. And I pray this day that even as we begin uh, our day, you know, with uh, centering our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and His Word, that you would enter into that kind of restful peace a pace of life that allows you to walk uh, with God. Many of us uh, simply run at a pace, live at such a pace that does not permit us to walk with God. And I love how one Japanese theologian works it, uh, words it that God walks at walking pace. And so if you desire to walk with God, we need to walk at walking pace. Do not be hurried, frenetic, running ahead, but to simply walk and enjoy his presence. And so with all that being said, let us begin today's podcast. Well, if I were to ask you today, who is God? How would you answer that question? How would you answer that question if someone were to come to you today and ask you, who is God? Tell me about God. Who is he? What would you say? The 20th century writer and theologian A.W. Tozer makes this stunning claim in one of his books. He said this, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What a stunning claim. And there's lots that we can pass out from that amazing statement. What comes to, into our minds when we think about God when we are posed with that question, who is God? What comes to our minds is the most important thing about us. Really? Is that true? The most important thing, more than our career, more than our vocation, more than what we own, more than what we deem as our purpose in life, this is the most important thing about us. Tozer will go on to write this, that we tend by a secret law of the soul to move toward our mental image of God. Were we able to extract from any man a complete answer to the question, what comes to mind when you think about God, we might predict with certainty the spiritual future of that man. Put it in another way, in a simple way, what Tozer is suggesting is this, We become like what we worship and what you think about God will shape your destiny in life. 
the trajectory of your life is tied, is shaped by what comes to mind when you think about God. And isn't that so true? If you think of God as someone who is always mad and angry at the world, chances are this distorted vision of reality will shape you into someone who is hateful, who is mean and unkind and uh, just uh, antagonized by everyone around him. I'm sure images of, uh, you know, in the US, Westboro Baptist picketers with their signs screaming, God hates you, uh, comes to mind. Uh, if we think of God as someone who is just all affirming and progressive, it will likely shape us into a person who uh, lacks uh, or is loose with uh, what we believe is biblical, uh, moral conviction. And if we think of God as you know, somewhat of a cosmic version of a life coach who desires for you to maximize your life, to be all that you can be, uh, chances are it will shape us into a person who is largely driven by one's own personal uh, ideas and views of what success is and be fully given into our own desires, wants, and longings, and have this conflated idea that because God wants me to self-actualize and be all that I want to be, pursuing my desires, my longings, my wants, is following Jesus. And so then we find ourselves wanting the kingdom without a king, wanting the gospel, wanting uh, the good news of Jesus without the cross. And that simply is not the Christianity the faith to which Jesus and the early, early apostles spoke about. So, clearly what we think about God matters. A.W. Tozer had it right. What we think about God is the most important thing about us because it has profound implications for who we are. And the problem is this, that we usually end up in our definition of God with a definition of a God who looks very much like us. As the saying goes, God created man in his own image, and man has returned the favor. There's a human bent in all of us to make God in our own image. The most ancient, primal temptation, going all the way back to Adam and Eve in the garden, is to decide for ourselves who is God, and determine for ourselves whether we should live in accordance to his way, his vision, or should we come out come up with our own way, our own path forward. And so maybe the truth is this, that we want a God on our own terms. We want someone who is controllable because we want to be just like God. We want to be the authority on what is right and or wrong, on what is good or evil, on what is true or false. We want that kind of control. We want to define God on our own terms. I think of an exercise that preachers would love to uh, you know, do uh, in congregations, in meetings. They would get congregations to uh, you know, fill in the blanks, right? Uh, a statement will show up on screen, God is my blank. And then you fill in the blanks, you know, someone write healer, provider, comforter. And these are true, right, and beautiful. And the preacher will go and say this, that God is who you need him to be. And while that may be true on some level, if unchecked, we run the risk of defining who God is or who he gets to be in our lives for ourselves. 
And that's simply dangerous territory. We do not control God. God is not someone to whom we put in a box and limit by our own wants and desires. God is the Lord. He rules the universe. He holds all things together. The creator simply cannot be defined or limited by the creator. And so then we are led to this question once again. Who is God? Who has God defined himself to be? Beyond who I think or have experienced God to be, who does God say he is? And we find him peeling back the curtain and revealing himself to the children of Israel, to Moses. And read of this uh, brilliant exchange that gives us uh, an insight, a picture of who God is in Exodus 33. And read this. The Lord Yahweh came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name. The Lord Yahweh. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord Yahweh, the Lord Yahweh, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Now this is one of those watershed moments where everything changes. Just think about this, you know, for humanity, for the people living in that time, God was an unknowable mystery, distant, far, untouchable. Only the high priest could meet with God. And now God has revealed his name and he's revealed not just a name to which they can refer him to, but he has revealed his nature, his character. He talks about himself being compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He is a just and righteous God. It's an interesting fact that this is probably the most quoted passage in the Bible by the Bible, as writers in the Bible would reference this text because this is utterly profound for the first time in all of human history, God steps in and reveals himself in such a clear way. This is who I am. I am Yahweh. I am compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, forgiving, and just. Now, I don't know about you, but this for me was life-changing because I've realized uh, for most of my life, for most of my walk with God, I was looking for God as per my definition. I was looking for the fulfillment of my own definition of who God was. And I had desired for God to do such and such and for God to come through in a certain way. And when I didn't see it, I just simply concluded that God was not present. But here, through scriptures, we have an insight of who God is and how he responds and relates to his people. And so maybe one of the fundamental shifts we need to embrace in our maturity, uh, in, in our pursuit of spiritual maturity, is to shift our eyes 
to not just look for fulfillment of our definition of God or what we deem is right or the right thing to be done, but instead look to scripture and glean and, and learn and understand who God is and have that be our guiding vision. And in all things in life, we would look for God who has been revealed to us through the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Scriptures. Because knowing God isn't just knowing a bunch of facts or traits about God. You know, I'm all for theology. That's what I do for a living. But God isn't a doctrine. He isn't a question on a exam that we study for. He isn't, uh, you know, a concept to grapple with. He is a person who wants to be in a relationship with you. And he has defined who he is. He says that I am compassionate, gracious, slow to anger. I'm forgiving. I'm abounding in love and justice. And one of the prayers of my heart in recent times is this, God, make me fall in love with you, with who you are. Because the truth is many of us are in love with our own vision, with our own definition of God. And one of the fundamental steps that we have to take in this path of spiritual maturity is to abandon that vision, that self-made vision, and instead to embrace God for who He is. And I believe when we fully capture that and are able to embrace that, shedding our own visions for what God should do in our lives, we would experience a kind of joy and strength that is transcendent. I think of what the psalmist uh, Asaph cried out uh, in Psalm 73, Whom have I in heaven but you? Besides you, I desire nothing on earth. And then he says this, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And notice Asaph enters into this place of contentment. I desire nothing on earth. And then he makes this stunning declaration. God himself is the strength of my heart. He is my portion forever. Nothing on the earth, none of God's good gifts of creation could satisfy Asaph's heart. Only God could. And this is the essence of what it means to love God. It is to be satisfied in Him, in who He is, beyond what He does for us. Loving God may include obeying all His commandments. It may include believing all His word. It may include giving thanks for His gifts. But the essence of loving God is enjoying Him, is knowing Him for who He is. And so perhaps we today need to just pray this prayer. God, I want to know you. I want to know you for who you really are. I want to be free from carnal expectations, from my own selfish desires of what I think you should be or what I think you should be doing. But I want to know you for who you really are and enjoy you and love you. I want to be like David to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. And God, I pray this day that I would be able to have eyes that are unveiled, to see you in all your worth, beauty, majesty, and glory. 
And so let's spend a few moments this morning with all that we've just heard. I know it's a mouthful and I know there's a lot that I've just said. But let's spend some time this morning just praying that simple prayer. God, I want to know you for who you are. Not my own definition or desire of who you should be, but for who you are. And so let's spend a few moments this morning doing so. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing so. And I pray this day that the eyes of your heart will be open to see, to behold, to know God for who He really is. And I pray that as you live through this day, that you experience God in fresh new ways. And God will be so real, so near to you. Have a great day ahead. I'll catch you in the next episode. Grace and peace. Hey. Pastor Andre here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Daily. If you like what you're hearing and you want to check us out, you can look us up on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website www.thecity.sg for more information. Have a great day ahead. Grace and peace.